0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up... The Conservative Caucus chooses not to force a leadership vote. I think our caucus is very united behind Andrew Scheer, absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. Um, there's a, a few media organizations reporting some anonymous sources. Uh, my conversations with colleagues overwhelmingly very supportive of the leader. What's next for Andrew Scheer as he fights to keep his job? We had, uh, we had a very frank discussion about the importance of making sure that our message gets out clearly, our message of inclusion, our message of respect for all Canadians regardless of their race, religion and sexual orientation and that's something that we're going to make sure uh, that we uh, absolutely focus on going forward. And a key U.S. politician says the Democrats are getting close to ratifying the new North American free trade deal. A quote from President Kennedy uh, sums up the relationship nicely. It- Geography has made us neighbors, but history has made us friends. And we start from that premise, and we want to see this uh, implemented. The renewal is very important to the United States. It's Thursday, November 7th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by National Post columnist John Iveson. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. So the Conservatives chose not to adopt the measures that were available to them as a caucus that would have given them more power over the leader. This was part of the bill that was introduced by Michael Chong five years ago. Um, I I don't think there's a big surprise there. It is interesting, though, that a caucus has the authority to give itself some power and chooses not to. I do find that interesting.
1: It's interesting, but not unsurprising. I mean, the Conservatives have always been a a grassroots organization, certainly the modern iteration of the Conservatives, coming out of the Reform Party. And it's in the party's constitution that the membership chooses the leader. So if the caucus had given itself the right to unseat the leader, it would have been a fairly fundamental um, constitutional move and and really against the the ethos that, that created the party. I don't think there was ever much chance that they were going to do that. I don't think by any means it gets Andrew Scheer uh, off the hook. I think his position is still precarious, but it means that uh, any vote on the issue won't happen until the party's convention in April in Toronto.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk more about Andrew Shear's future in a moment. But I, uh, it's I think a lot of people were hopeful when Michael Chong introduced this bill five years ago, the Conservative MP, that this was going to actually create some reform within the parties, that it was going to open the door to more accountability, less centralization of power within the leader's office. But if the if the caucuses aren't adopting these measures, uh, which they have to do in a vote after each election, then it doesn't end up amounting to much, does it?
1: Right, and I mean the the liberals I, I, from memory. I don't think they even held a vote in it when uh, when they were given the chance post 2015. Uh, I think they were f- subsequently forced to because it was a it was a law. But uh, but clearly, there's not not much enthusiasm in the caucuses to do this, um, you know, for different reasons. But you know, as I point out, the, the conservatives, it's a more of a philosophical thing. I think for the liberals, you know, clearly. Then, and even now, there doesn't seem to be much appetite to replace Trudeau in the caucus. Uh, even the NDP, uh, there doesn't seem to be much appetite to uh, to replace um, Jadwit Singh, somewhat surprisingly perhaps. But um, So that means that if the caucus is not going to vote itself, the powers, and then act, once you've given yourself the power, you then have to act on it. There has to be, I think 20% of the caucus has to uh, sign, put its name to a a petition saying that they want to change the leader. So there has to be some coordinated enthusiasm among uh, among MPs to do this, and we haven't really seen it yet. Uh, I mean, I think there, there may be 20 MPs in the Conservative caucus who would have signed that thing, but uh, just philosophically, they, they don't feel it's their place to do that at the moment. Yeah. And-, uh, you know, and I'll note that there was, a, there was an opinion poll uh, yesterday from the Angus Reid Institute, which suggested that... Uh, you know, 85 percent of self-identifying liberals want to keep Trudeau. It was a similar number for for uh, for saying the number for sheer was 41 percent who want to keep him. 42 percent would like to see him replaced. I mean, if those numbers hold going into that leadership review in April, if he if he goes to the floor, he will be another Tom Mulcair. Mulcair six months after the election, that it looked like he might win. Uh, was, was tough by his own party. Um, I think Scheer Fear, Fear apparently is going on a listening tour of the country. He's going to ask for candid opinions, uh, after which he will make a, a decision uh, in the interest of himself, his family and, and the party. My feeling right now, he, if that's what he's telling people, he doesn't intend to, to, to get to April if it's not clear that in that vote he would get somewhere... A very clear majority in favour of keeping him, and when I say clear majority, I mean you know three quarters of the of the members.
0: Yeah, and it always comes up: what's the right number? um, uh, What's the minimum number to have a mandate? Uh, but uh, I think that's an interesting development. If indeed Andrew Shear decides he's going to make a decision one way or the other and kind of read the the membership uh, before the vote in April, I'm sure a lot of Conservatives would be happy about that because it would decide it without it dragging on for six months, right?
1: Right, and, and the optics of a leader, you know, being in Toronto and being rejected by the membership, uh, it does not send out... Uh, a, a cheery message of optimism and, and unity, which is what all part, uh, parties want to to uh, to exude. But uh, you know, I think the fact that he's telling people he's going to make a decision means that um, that if it's not clear that he's going to get a hefty endorsement, then he's not going to go.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do you think he needs to do to convince people that he should stay?
1: I mean, I think that, that, that a lot of this was not about uh, policy per se. Although I think that there was a lot wrong with the policies that they put forward. I personally think that they need to have a, a far more convincing climate change plan. Um, you know, not necessarily a carbon copy of what the uh, of what the Liberals have got, no pun intended, but something that's that's rooted in the in conservative values. That's something that allows the market to play a role. Um, and, and crucially, a, a, a plan that would probably return a lot of any proceeds of, of a tax or carbon pricing would return it to the, to the people who paid it. So I think that they need to do something on policy. I think they need to be far more creative in their policies rather than small uh, you know, tax cuts and tax credits. I mean, it seemed to me that this was a, a rather regressive platform and they need to have a more progressive platform. Um, if they're going to win in Ontario and Quebec, but despite all of that, it's much more fundamental than that. I think it has to be to do with him, and it has to to do with the message that he has to send to uh, to his members, but also to to voters that um, that his beliefs. Uh, everybody has beliefs, but uh, he, that he's not going to act on them. And I know that he said that he's not going to enact legislation, but it was not a, a a JFK moment, I've talked about this before, that John F. Kennedy and his Catholicism prior to the election in 1960, people were very suspicious of it. Yeah. And he managed to more or less get it off the table by addressing it head-on and being frank about what he actually believed in, and frank about what he would do when he, if he won the presidency. I don't think Andrew Scheer has really done that. I don't think he's fully explained what his beliefs are and what he's prepared to do to reassure people that He's not some crank who's going to try and enact legislation through the back door. There is no hidden agenda here. I don't think he's sufficiently addressed that. He's always seemed evasive. And the problem in that election was the election was about authenticity. And, you know, in cheer's mind, it was about Trudeau's authenticity. But it turned out, in the mind of the electorate, it turned out to be about sheer authenticity. And people didn't find him authentic. And they found him too evasive. And I think he's got to lay his soul bare a little bit if he uh, if he wants to persuade people. I'm not sure it's possible to do that.
0: Hmm. All right. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, let's turn to the visit to Ottawa yesterday of the chairman of the U.S. House of Representatives Ways and Means Committee, Richard Neal, who met with Prime Minister Trudeau, Foreign Affairs Minister Christy Freeland, and emerged from that meeting saying the Democrats are, are not looking to reopen the newly negotiated uh, trade deal between Canada, the United States, and Mexico, but uh, and and they're getting close to ratifying it, but they do want some guarantees around labor standards.
1: Yeah, I think this was uh, quite encouraging news, actually, because um, it's not been clear to people in Canada, at least, that uh, that the Democrats were on side with with ratifying this deal. Uh, it sounds very much like they are. Uh, it may need to be tweaked as far as labor enforcement. But the, the labour enforcement they're looking at is, is less about Canada and more about getting Canada's help with Mexico. I mean, if, if people remember, the real breakthrough on on the the USMCA was was getting uh, the Mexicans to agree to pay higher wages in, for example, Mexican auto plants. Now I think that they're looking for for guarantees and enforcement mechanisms here. But I think if those are if those are in place, then it sounds like the the Democrats are on site. I think they want to, to ratify this deal. Um, I mean, this is my speculation, but we've got, you've got the uh, the election coming up next year. The, the Democratic primary is starting in February. It's going to be a little bit of a tight timetable to get this done, but I think Trump wants to wave this around as an achievement, um, while the Democrats don't particularly want to give him any credit for it. They don't want to be seen as being obstacles to it either so if this thing is not ratified because the the Democrats have stood stood in its way uh, that probably does not help them so I think that uh, it sounds like uh, the Democrats are on side Nancy Pelosi has said that Um, and now the the Ways and Means Committee chair has come up here and said that so it's all good I think that uh, the Canadians will be pretty reassured and, and then You know, we're trying to move in lockstep as far as ratification. It sounds like it will be ratified next year.
0: That would be a major milestone after everything uh, the government has been through in trying to get this deal done. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's John Iveson of the National Post.
1: I've been very clear that I'm supportive of the leader. I think our party has a great opportunity in this minority parliament.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Matt Gurney argues Andrew Scheer should be given some time to make his case. But if he's the wrong guy, he's the wrong guy. Gurney writes, The election result, while disappointing, wasn't a total disaster. Andrew Scheer has a case to make in his own defense. But the party needs to consider that Scheer, while capable of running up the vote tally out west, may not be the right guy for a breakthrough in Toronto and the GTA. Not because he just needs a bit of seasoning, but because he's the wrong guy and will remain so. In the Globe and Mail, Conrad Yakobusky argues, to win again, the Conservatives need a leader from Quebec. Yakobusky writes, Caroline Mulrooney and Michael Fortier are thought to be interested in leading the federal Conservatives. Mulrooney has spent recent months rebuilding bridges with Ontario's Francophone community, while Fortier's name has been on plenty of lips since his turn as an election night commentator on Radio Canada. Either one of them, Could make the Tories a contender again in Quebec. At National News Watch, Rick Smith argues today's Conservatives revel in their role as disruptors. Smith writes, "Jason Kenney is playing footsie with Alberta separatism. In Ontario, Doug Ford eliminated initiatives of previous governments. In the federal election, Andrew Scheer promised that a repeal of the carbon tax would be his government's first order of business." It's not unusual for succeeding governments of varying political stripes to think differently about the issues of the day. What is new is the Conservative's scorched-earth approach to public administration. In the Toronto Star, Chantal Hébert argues a Wexit would only increase the Liberal hold on federal power. Hébert writes, A successful Western-based separatist party would achieve gains almost exclusively at the expense of the federal Conservatives. They would bleed enough support to be drained of the political energy required to come back to government. Voters in the prairies would be trading a party vying to form a non-liberal federal government for an opposition rump in the House of Commons. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. In Ottawa, the Prime Minister will meet with the Premier of Prince Edward Island before attending a gathering with the Liberal caucus. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, November 7th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.